the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. Steve Teal, Very Bold Radio and Podcast right here in San Antonio. We're doing something different. This is part two of an interview, not where I'm interviewing someone, which I love to do, but in this case, Ricky Maldonado from my church, River City Church in New Braunfels, interviewed me, and I just thought he did a great job. I really enjoyed it, and so I thought I would share it with you. So I don't know if you're going to discover some new things about me or not here in this part two, but I want to invite you to listen in. It's uh, It's been a blast, and those scripture wraps or scraps. And I, I do call them scraps also because you are, you are scrapping with the enemy. The right. enemy comes at us with lies, whatever they are, that we're insignificant, that we're this, that God will never forgive us for that, um, that you're not loved, you're not important. All those things that, that the enemy will come at, we come back to God's word to fight, to fight off the lies because we got to hold on to the truth. And the idea is that with music, if people will, memorize those things, you know, then as you're going through that battle, then you're going to remember, Hey, I I am God's masterpiece. He has created me anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So that's scrapping. That's a scrapping. That's scrapping right there. So Steve here at the church, we have a, um, a declaration that we say every time that we, um, open our sermon. Yeah. Um, so I want to ask you, cause I've asked every uh, person that's been on, um, what do the phrase, what's the this phrase? It's like a James Lipton moment. Yeah. What does the phrase? Five questions. Badly Where's broken. Your blue index card? <laughs> I have an iPad. What does the phrase badly broken, deeply loved mean to you? Man, well, you know what? I use this Sunday just as a one-time only um, since I was the guest speaker. I think that you put those two together. We are badly broken. We are deeply loved. And what it equals is we are God's masterpiece. Right. And so that's what uh, you know. I just wanted to share on Sunday because we are broken. We are we're a mess. I mean, all those things. But we are so deeply loved. And when you add that together, I mean, God says we're we're His masterpiece. Yeah. So I mean, to me, the the masterpiece part of it, you know, you can't you. If you stay in badly broken, then you're going to wake up every day. If you don't move past badly broken to deeply loved, um, you're going to have a hard time because that's the enemy wants to continue just to harp on you. You're, you're badly broken. That's why it's so important that Jason has that you're deeply loved. But we just have to continue to encourage people to, man, we're admitting in authenticity and honesty that you know, we don't have it. We don't have it figured out. We're imperfect. We're broken, right. but we're so deeply loved. And that's where to me, it winds up 
We are God's masterpiece, right. which goes all back all the way. That one scripture, we are God's masterpiece goes all the way back to the, before the garden of Eden, when God was creating things and yeah. he would just say, Oh, this is good. Oh my gosh. Look, look what we did. This is good. And, and this is good. And Ephesians two ten is bringing it back when we are created anew in Christ Jesus. Right. God declares us good. Yeah. I mean, he declares us good. So I, I'm good. So I want to, I want to keep focus on, man, ultimately I'm God's masterpiece. I am what God says I am. And he says, I'm good. And I know that's like a hard thing for us to reconcile when we know, but I still have sin in me, right. but God still sees me as good. He, he, he declares me, he sees the righteousness of Jesus. Yeah. And because he forgives me, that just is supposed to be the impetus for me to say, God, out of gratitude, I'm going to, I'm going to pick up my cross as you've called me to do. I'm going to die to my fleshly desires. I'm going to die to the selfish desires. Uh, I'm going to pick it up every day. And I think the reason why Jesus said pick it up every day is because every day it's, it's a new battle. Right. So, but God's word um, is the thing that, man, it just gets us right to where we need to be. I think so. Yeah. Something like that. See? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, like I mean, that. you're absolutely right. You know, if we don't move past the brokenness into the love part, then we won't be created to what God has called us to be. Right. Because God sees us before, you know, we see ourselves and he knows the plan that he has set for us. Yeah. So if we don't move into that loving arm of, you know, right. of God and Jesus, then you right. know, the plan isn't made complete. Right. That's, and that's one of my you know favorite stories is just even Jesus. When he first meets Peter, who's not even named Peter, when he first meets Simon, and I just think of, you know, 30 things that Jesus could have said that was wrong about Simon. And instead, the very first thing he says, the very first thing is, you're a rock. Yeah. Man, you you are a dude. You're a rock. And even though, Peter, he over those three years of ministry with Jesus, we see his messes. We see his mistakes. We see his flaws. Yeah. We see his failures. We get it. But Jesus starts with, man, I see what I'm going to make you into. I see it right now. So I just, that's my heart's desire is that people hear the the thing that Jesus sees about them because we know, I mean, we got problems. We got, we're flawed, we're flawed, but, but Jesus, I mean, he just keeps on focusing on the kindness parts that leads kindness leads to repentance, you know? So, yeah. You spent three years here at, at River it. City Loved as our it. youth pastor. What brought you to River City? God. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, that is a fact. You know, um, there's there's a couple things. And uh, in, if I had preached the three-hour-long extended uh, Moses sermon that God had put on my heart, um, I probably would have talked about this. But, um, you know, when I look back on my ministry life and my life, um, one of the things that led me here was just, just obedience to God before even coming here. And that was, you know, I would, I would share that probably one of the most quote unquote successful in God's eyes, things that I did was in obedience, start a church. Um, but to the world, that church lasted about three years and we had to close the doors. And so to the world, I know that just looks like, well, that's a failure, and to me, it's it's not a failure. Right. I mean, it was obedience to God. And during that time, that season, 
um, God was, I didn't know it, but God was arranging all these things, including peanut butter bowl that he put on my heart. And I've, I've said it before. If, if our little church was not a little church, if it was thriving and growing and God brought this idea to me, I would, I would have said like, hey, I'm too busy God, but I wasn't too busy because pastoring a small struggling church, <laughs> uh, you know, it, some ways it sounds like it requires a lot, but you know, we just, I had time to do things like peanut butter bowl and to get to know, get to become the chaplain of the San Antonio rampage and get to know some different people start to do a radio and podcast or radio show for another friend and, and all those things. The rain is coming. God is pleased. <clears throat> I love it. We need we it need so bad. Rain, yeah. yeah. We need it so bad. But, um, when that church, uh, when we shut the doors down, I, I was doing my ministry very bold half time. And, um, I mean, I had some prayers with God that were not pretty prayers. I mean, they were like desperate, like, Hey, yeah, like crying out. Yeah, yeah. I, God, what is the plan? I mean, what is, we're, we're struggling in this church. We're going to have to shut it down. What am I supposed to do? What is supposed to happen? And so, I mean, those, yeah, those were not pretty prayers. And, um, and God did not immediately answer that. He did not immediately just say, Oh, here you go. Yeah. Here you go. But, um, he had done something. God is, man, God is so cool and mysterious and wonderful in the midst of that time that we had planted or were trying to plant that church. Um, I'm thinking of all sorts of terrible jokes about planting at six feet under. But anyway, <laughs> when we were trying to start that church in the midst of it, maybe a year and a half, I really felt like the Holy Spirit put New Braunfels on my heart and, and it, I, I was so certain that God put it on my heart that I shared with my wife, Chris, um, and said, maybe, maybe just, you know, Sunday morning we do our church service here and then we Sunday night go out to New Braunfels and do it there. And she's like, let's not do that. Let's, <laughs> this is already really hard. Let's yeah. not make it eight times harder. So I'm like, man, did I miss God on that? Did I, I, mean, I, I just really felt strongly New New Braunfels. And so when we were trying to figure out what we were supposed to do and um, with shutting down the church and doing my ministry very bold half time, that is when um, uh, actually not RJ Strouch, somebody else reached out to me. I had been applying for different church jobs, pastoring uh, senior pastor jobs, uh, associate pastor jobs, just trying to find the right thing. And um, somebody else reached out to me and said, um, Hey, I, just, I was thinking about you because, I know a church that's looking for a youth pastor, and this is uh, this is somebody that was kind of in my youth group many years ago. Yeah. And of course, at this point, I'm 52 years old, so <laughs> I am telling you that when I'm looking at church jobs, the right. one thing I'm not looking at is youth ministry, youth ministry because I'm just like, who hires a 52 year old to be a youth pastor? God said Moses, and he's yes. 80. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly right. So. Uh, so I thought about it for like 24 hours and I was like, well, God has started all these other things. I'm doing this radio show of beacon radio. I'm, uh, you know, doing at that point, I guess I was chaplain for the hockey team in San Antonio, um, peanut butter bowl started. So I was like, well, maybe like, maybe at least a youth ministry job. I know they don't like pay a super lot amount. So I was like, maybe a church would let me do. Uh, my ministry still, but also do the church. And so I thought about it for 24 hours and within 24 hours, and I'm telling you, I never dreamed of coming back into youth ministry. 
that's when RJ Strouch, um, who I've known for a long time, reached out to me and, and just said, Hey, this is probably going to sound crazy, but our church needs a, a youth pastor. And I just keep thinking about you. And he said that, and I didn't know Jason yet, but he said, you know, my pastor just keeps telling us like, Hey, let's listen for the voice of God. Right. And so he's like, I think it might be the voice of God. He wasn't like a hundred percent. And, uh, so by 24 hours of the other person bringing up youth ministry, and then this being in new Braunfels, which, um, I just felt like by that time, 24 hours was like, yeah, you know, I love kids. I love youth. I love people. Um, but I, I definitely love youth and I love Jesus. And it's, you know, it's something that, um, something that I, I could do. And as I, I immediately reached out to Jason and, um, I didn't know like he had an entire process like they, they do here at the church. So I was just like, Hey, let's go out for coffee. You know, let's see if this thing could work. But right. he's like, well, there's a process, there's a process. And during that time of getting, um, getting selected to interview along with five other, I think candidates, um, a guy just put on my heart, like, you know, this is, this is something you need to like, go win this job. Don't just show up and think like you need to go win this job. And so, um, I'm, I kind of felt convicted like, right. Oh, okay. God is really in this, but he's not just saying, you know, here you go. He's I'm not going like, to hand it to you. I'm not going to hand it to you. Work. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's, that's what happened. I mean, in the room next to us, man, uh, I don't know how long the interview was, uh, but, um, with the Bowers, Griebens and the Strouches, but, um, yeah, I just poured out all my life. It was like an Oscar, uh, not, not performance, but I mean, there's like tears, there's laughter, there's everything. And I, I mean, I was crying, uh, just the different things that got to put right. on my heart. And, uh, and then I was just very blessed that, and just big credit to Jason, um, he called me up even a few days later and said, Hey, um, I, th- I think they really like you, but you need to know like the budget for a youth pastor. And so that's when I could say to him and big credit to him. I said, uh, well, I could do that because if I can still do my ministry and do this radio show for somebody else and do the youth ministry, then, um, you know, I can make it happen financially. And he true to his word. He said, I'm a res- results guy. I'm not a, you got to be here eight to five. Right. And there's a lot of churches that are like that yeah. and check the box and, and do this and that. And, uh, and so, and that's what, you know, that's what we did. So, and, uh, I loved every minute of it. Um, and I love working with Jason and Natalie and the entire staff and with you and, uh, Desiree was a godsend, um, just absolute godsend for me as our associate youth pastor. Um, and she was just, I mean, just amazing. And, now she's leading the youth, which is really cool. So, um, yeah, it was incredible three years. And what happened was towards the end of the three years, everything else that was very bold had just continued to grow right? and grow. And so, um, peanut butter bowl was, was growing. We had started that off intentionally in 2016 and done it for three years with just two teams. And then, uh, you know, when we moved out, moved out here, we wanted to add a few more games and it made sense that we had, uh, the unicorns participate. And then it just continued to kind of grow to where you could see like the need was there, but, uh, the time to do it was going to be just super hard. And I was, I was 
not wanting like for a year that peanut butter bowl just kind of falls apart or the youth, you know, kind of falls apart or whatever the case may be. But more importantly than all my own feelings, um, I just, there was one night where, where Chris just kind of mentioned like, um, man, I, you know, I, I look forward to when you could go back full time with very bold. And I was surprised just because, I mean, we, the church job was great and, um, it was just, it was just wonderful. And she said, and I said, really? She said, yeah, well, of course that's the dream. And so I, I really kind of, that allowed me the freedom to pray and just, and, and seek God and say, I mean, man, there's a lot going on. And even with the scripture rap, uh, that was starting to come into play. And so, and I just kept praying and, and I kept saying because of my personality, um, to get excited about ideas and maybe jump in too fast. I just kept praying and saying, you know, I don't want to outrun God on this. And the Holy spirit kept saying, you cannot outrun me on this. And I was like, what are you sure? <laughs> Cause surely I'm ahead of you because right. what we do with very bold is completely, uh, like missionary support, faith-based support, family and friends and partners and people that see the good things we're doing. They, they support the ministry financially. Right. There's no other like income to pay for peanut butter bowl, um, to pay for scraps, to pay my salary, to, to do all those things. People have to support it. And, so that's always a little bit of a scary thing of, well, are people going to support it? And so far, I mean, we, we're looking for more people every day uh, to answer that call to help us to reach more people that are in need, uh, to feed more people peanut butter, to make more scraps, to um, minister to coaches like I get to do, all those things. Um, but God is God has answered and God has come through. God God's, God's so awesome. Yeah, so <laughs> God's good. awesome. So how many teams do you have for peanut butter roll this year? Yeah. So last year we just to set it up, we had uh, 20 teams. We had 10 peanut butter bowls. And um, this year right now we're right around 37 peanut butter bowls right wow. around there. So just last night, I, I literally haven't been able to finish putting together the list, but last night in San Antonio and South San Antonio with um, SASD schools like Burbank and Jeff and many schools um, down there, uh, it was just awesome. We had 12 schools, in fact. There's my notes. We had 12 schools that they reached out to me. The, actually, the South Sand coach, a great leader, Coach Baron, um, he reached out to me uh, a week ago and said, hey, you know, people were seeing, like, the news coverage of all the north side and northeast schools at Hero Stadium. Yeah. And so he reached out and said, uh, actually, his assistant coach Ortega did and said, "We want to be a part of this." I said, "Great, I want you to be a part right. of this. Let's let's do this." But Coach uh, Coach Baron reached out to all these coaches. I mean, th and this is the leadership that we see. We see it with uh, Coach Riddiman, who was is my right hand man on Peanut Butter Bowl. With he reaches out usually to the coaches, and that's how we expand and grow. Um, but then you see other coaches doing the same thing. And so last night. Um, under the lights, 8 p.m. at South Sand, we had these 12 teams, 12 head coaches. Uh, they all brought two players, and it was incredible. It was incredible. So that puts us up to uh, right around, it might be 37. I have to finish putting, right. to, putting together the list. But 37 peanut butter bowls, uh, 74 you know high schools and communities and coaches, administration that are getting on board. And every community that we go, we look for a food ministry. Right. That um, 
it belongs to them. So a lot of times the coaches, I mean, they're amazing. This is the kind of leaders they are. Um, there was a coach in Victoria and he was playing a San Antonio Taft uh, and coach stayed and he got invited by coach stayed. That's another way we grow is say, who's your opening week opponent, invite them. And so that's what coach stayed did. And so Victoria East coach, awesome guy, Roland Gonzalez. Um, he thought that, they were going to collect peanut butter and then get it to San Antonio just because, you know, the coach was talking yeah. about, well, we collect peanut butter for hungry kids and stuff. I said, no, no, right here in Victoria, the Golden Crescent Food Bank, we're we're going to give your food, your peanut butter right there. Then, so, yeah. yeah, so that's how it works. That's the most amazing thing, um, you know, because you support the SOS Food Bank here in New Braunfels. Yes, love it. Um, with the peanut butter that you know happens between the canyons and the New Braunfels. Yes. Uh, bowls that, that happen and that's a ministry that you know river city has supported since the very beginning of river city yeah and um, with different things and just to see the amount of food that you can provide just by you know either purchasing a peanut butter online or bringing a right. jar of peanut butter because you know it, it's a sustaining food for people right and right. it has the nutrients that people need and just to know that people are going you know, they're not going hungry. They they have something in their bellies. Right. And, and I think that's why peanut butter bowl, when, when I met you and you're like, Hey, I do this thing called peanut butter bowl. I need help with graphics. <laughs> yes. And you kind of laid down the vision for me. I was like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you've been a big part of it. I'm really grateful, Ricky. Well, it's Great been, job. it's been, it's been fun. And I, I'm actually probably going to go see one of these games. I'm All not, right. I'm not a big football player, uh, fan, uh, more the other of a, kind of football, I'm the, the other kind of football. Um, that's one thing though, Steve, that I yeah. was kind of disappointed. That, oh, whoa. That, oh, uh, I know no, exactly what you're going to say. I've transitioned to something else. Um, <laughs> your sermons over the last three years, <laughs> Have always been sports related. I mean, we had boxing, we had, yeah. um, I think baseball, basketball, football, uh, football for sure. Football, yeah. Um, and I was like, how is he not going to put some kind of sports metaphor <laughs> in this Moses story? But um, uh, I think you did mention, you know, God rolling tape. So I guess that was my <laughs> that was that was the that only was one. the only Sorry, sports uh, thing. Sorry, Steve. If someone finds a book, 150 years from now. About yeah. your life. Oh, another James Lipton question. What would the title of the book be, and what would the little blurb inside be? Oh, my gosh. Wow. Where'd you get that question? I can't reveal my sources. <laughs> the internet. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Say that again. So in 150 yeah. years, someone finds a book about your life. What would the title be, and yeah. what would the blurb tell us about you? Yeah. I don't know about the blurb, but the title would be Against All Hope. Oh. Yeah, against all hope, right out of uh, Romans and talking about Abraham and against all hope, Abraham believed. And uh, he was fully persuaded that God was able to do what he promised to do. And that's that would be the title of that book, uh, Against All Hope. And I've I've had a great, great life, so I don't mean to make it sound like, oh, man, that guy, he went through some stuff against all hope. No, it's that... Um, God, and I'm 56 years old, God has a lot more for me to do. And uh, I'm really curious to see how God accomplishes what he's promised to do. So I think, uh, you know, whether it's having a failed church start, whether it's this, that, or the other thing, I mean, God's God's at work. And uh, I think we're just getting started. I think we're just getting started. So I don't know what the blurb would say. Um I think they would make it into a comic book and yeah, there you go. <laughs> if you could have a dinner party with any three people dead or alive oh and you gosh. can't say Jesus because he's already in the room, who would yeah. those three people be? Man. Wow. 
Oh my gosh. I wish I had that ahead of time, but it's more fun this way. I know any three people alive or dead or dead. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it could be other people in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Oh man. Right now I'm going to, I'm going to say off the top of my head, but a week from now it'd be someone different. I want to talk to, um, and we're not even positive it's Miriam because she's not named there, but it makes sense that it's Miriam. I well, actually want to talk to Miriam and Moses' mom because what I want to understand is when she put Moses in the water, like the, the sister like stays with the drama, but it, it seems pretty clear that the mom leaves. Mm-hmm. So I just I want to ask her, like, what was your heart at that point? Right. Was it like you alluded to earlier? Was it like faith, like, God, I'm trusting in you? Was it like, I mean, a combination of, I mean, just the fear of when you let a child go, when you let something go that's of value to you. So I would like to have some conversations with those two. And I love when I work with youth, um, and I I still consider myself a youth pastor in that even when I was doing Very Bold, I was always working with youth. And when we go out and do these press conferences and meet coaches, I get to love youth. I mean, because they bring their two players and I get to talk about how they're chosen to feed people in the community. So I still get to speak truth into young people's lives. But as a youth pastor, I'm always looking for examples in the Bible of, of youthful people, whether it's the, the boy who brings the five loaves and the two fish, or whether it's David at a young age, whether it's the apostle John, who was probably 14 years old when Jesus was calling him. Um, so the same thing with Miriam or Moses, whatever sister, mystery sister. Um, I want to know what her age is, but I just, I just think of her as just a certain personality mm-hmm. that just has to see what happens to baby brother. Like, right. but I, the picture I get is mom leaving and Miriam, like I'm not leaving. I mean, that's a specific personality. It's almost like she's the protector. Yeah. Yeah. Protector. Yeah. Just like Moses. So, um, because you think about it, the yeah. mom leaves if that inquisitive, like curious, um, protective older sister mm-hmm. just goes away too. Yeah. No one knows. No one knows. I mean, maybe Pharaoh's daughter does find Moses, but finds another Hebrew woman, or maybe she just decides. I mean, it's the girl on the spot saying, do you want me to go find a Hebrew mother? I mean, like she is, she is something special, this girl. So when I get to work with youth, I mean, you just, you see these different personalities and you see, oh man, this, there's something God's got for each one of them. But yeah, so that's not three people, but that's two people. Yeah, it'll take a long time. Joseph. That's the other one. I mean, there's so many Josephs in the Bible. Um, I would, but like daddy Joseph, like daddy Joseph. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus stepdad or whatever. However you want to look at it, dad. Yes. Um, because that would be a great conversation. Well, you know, it would because he's the one guy in the Bible who never gets quoted. Yeah. Not once. Not once. There's Mary's got a song in there Mm -hmm. and it's just, I I would like to sit down with that man and, uh, help raise the, you know, yeah. Son of God, son of God, alpha and the omega. So he was a silent type. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he probably was, which a lot of guys resonate with. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would like to know that there's so many people in the Bible that I want to know more about their story. Yeah. Yeah. It would be fun. What do you do when you're stuck in traffic, Steve? Oh man, I've been stuck in traffic a lot lately. Sometimes, uh, I make phone calls and sometimes, um, I 
just listen to to a podcast. I mean, I was listening uh, to Jason Natalie on your podcast earlier, and I was in traffic. Um, and uh, a lot of times, I just have air one on and praise and worship. Just and, worshiping. Yeah, try to. I mean, I'm not always worshiping in traffic, but at least uh, that music is going on. And then um, almost always on a drive, I mean, I'm either talking with God or I, I'm not trying, it makes it sound like I'm trying to be holy or, and I, I don't mean that. I'm just, I'm thinking of like ideas with God and just mm-hmm. thinking through some different things. If you wanted to live off the radar, where would you live? I am not capable of living off of any radar. Yeah, I didn't think you were, but it, it, was, <laughs> a good, it was a good question. It's a great question. It really is. Um, if I was capable, um, yeah, shoot, I don't, I'm just not capable of that. I have to have like a three-star hotel and... I mean, I know some people like that four and five star stuff. Well, we're not saying you can't have all the luxuries of, of life. We're oh. just saying off the radar. Like, no one can find you. Oh, no one can find me. Like, mine would be yeah, in the mountains. As, as oh, long yeah. as there's, a, like, a lake that I can see and yeah. in the mountains in a cabin. Okay. I could I could totally do that. Okay. Yeah. I Yeah, I'm not too much of a mountains guy to the dismay of Chris, my wife from Colorado. Um, but, uh, I am a, I'm a beach guy. Oh. I'm a beach guy. I'm not, yeah, I'm just, I could be on the beach. I could be on the beach. I love the beach, yeah. but I don't like being on the beach. What does that mean? The sand? So, yeah. No. <laughs> the sand everywhere. I, I, yeah. I, I love the water and the sound of the water, Yeah, but I could live on a balcony overlooking the water and never touch the sand and yeah. be completely fine. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You're a mountain guy. I am a mountain guy. <laughs> you know, and Jason. I, I don't know where that came from. It just, it yeah. happened. The world is flooding, Steve. You have to build an ark. What seven animals can you save? <laughs> okay, that's good. First of all, back to not being able to sustain myself or build anything. We would be in trouble. If God had called me instead of Noah to build an ark, there would be, yeah, we would not have a human he would race. Have, he would have equipped you. Yeah. For sure. He he made the right call in choosing somebody else. Seven animals. Okay. <clears throat> this is almost, I will keep it short, but this is almost a separate podcast by you asking me this question. I will give you, I will give you four. Okay. Uh, shark, hippo, horse. I mean, it's been, and an eagle. Okay. That's a wide variety of, of creatures. I just wanted to see what your follow-up is. I'll, here's the short version why. Okay. Um, God sometimes speaks to me in pictures. Yeah. And so I was in, on another church staff many years ago. Is a wonderful church, Northern Hills Church. Um, but it was getting that time where God was going to be calling me out. And he began to give me these pictures of, uh, of animals, just one at a time. And so I'd get it. I knew it was the Holy Spirit, and I knew it was a hippo. And so I would like go and do research on what's man, what's a hippo like? Yeah. And uh, same with the eagle. At that time during the church, there was there was some conflict because it's a church. There's always conflict, but there was a little bit more. And I felt like God, you know, showed me this picture, this eagle, and He just said, "Stay above the fray. Stay, yeah. you know, get Storm. the view from up yeah. there." So, and the shark, another thing and another thing. And then I shared it with my senior pastor during my annual review and that did not go very well, but that was great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> so that's four out of seven. That's four out of seven. I don't always play by the rules. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Those are fun questions. How often do you floss? How often do I floss? Not very often. No. Is Sorry. Your, is your bed made right now? Yeah, kind of. If you could have any car, you could afford any car, which car would you drive? Oh, my gosh. I'm going to just say what pops into my mind. I'm going to say uh, 66 Mustang. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing all I can not to turn it around and ask you the same questions. But you're free to answer. Oh, no, that's a different po- That You can interview oh, me on, okay. on the podcast. Okay, that's what you need. What is your hidden talent? I think we know, but what is your hidden talent? What would you say? I would say you're rapping, dude. Oh, <laughs> it's good. Oh, thanks. Thank you. It's I really, really good. That. Well, thank you. I really, really appreciate that. But what would you say your, your oh, hidden talent? Oh, my gosh. Man, do I have a hidden talent? Doggone. Uh, shoot. I don't know. I think we better just, golly, what would it be? We'll, we'll go with your answer. We'll go with yours. If you could bring back anything from elementary school, what would it be? Oh, man. These are crazy questions. Wow. Elementary school. Uh, dodgeball. Just a dodgeball. And, and let's play. Let's go. Let's let's hit some kids. I was really good at dodgeball. I was really good at dodgeball. That was I surprisingly was, was good at dodgeball as well. I, I don't see... That's surprising. Like you were in the Olympic development program for soccer. Yeah. That means you're a was, high level athlete. That was later in life. That was not. Oh, but okay. Yeah. You were good at dodgeball. I was a puny child. You were? I was very petite as a, as oh, a kid. Okay. So people would always think that I would not be able to throw a ball as hard as I could throw a ball. And you did it. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> You were hitting some kids. I was hitting some kids. I was like, come at me, bro. Come at me. <laughs> Steve, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you today. Where can people find out more about you? Uh, Verybold.com is a great place. And just on Facebook, just find me, Steve Teal. And, um, yeah, Verybold.com talks about the stuff we're doing. Peanutbutterbowl.com um, also does. And uh, I'm on Twitter a little bit with Peanut Butter Bowl. Uh, yeah, and they can just reach out to me, Steve at verybold.com. And I'm um, always down for squeezing in or making a, a lunch work if people want to hear more about the ministry and maybe they're thinking about supporting or praying. Um, and I, I love those times. So, well, it's always been a pleasure, Steve. I value your friendship. I value your, your mentorship. I value your just your prayer over, um, me and you know mm. everything that you do i thank you for for allowing us to talk to you today um and we're going to wrap that up and we're yeah. going to catch everyone on that flip side all right thank you so much to ricky magnificent ricky maldonado river city church new Braunfels, for taking the time to interview me and share that with river city church and anybody listening to their podcast but also right here on very bold radio and podcast Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Maybe you found out some things uh, you didn't know about me before. I am usually the one doing the interviews, but this time he interviewed me. So I want to remind you just that God is with you. God is for you. His promises are real. His presence is powerful. Will you hold on to that hope today? Will you just say, Lord, you are with me and you are for me today? Will you just hold on to that? When we do that, 
then we can be very bold in our walk, very bold in our talk, very bold in our thinking. And that is what the Apostle Paul said, only he said it just in a much better way than I could. He said it in 2 Corinthians 3.12, Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.